you do. Put your hands together. The elder is farming in teams. Thank you, Ada. Show us your glory, O oh God, O oh Lord. Show us the glory, O Lord. Let the dews of Father, the owner of the heavens, the earth, and the seas, and everything in them, you command the day and the night, and they obey your instructions. You brought us here this morning to give us your spiritual food. I am nothing without you, Lord. Speak through me. Use me as your vessel this morning. And let your children be a blessing today unto your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to share with you the story of Shadrach, Mizak, and Abednego. It's a story you started hearing when you were three, four, five, six years old. But we may be learning different things from me today. I want to call you. Elder, excuse me, one minute here with me. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you can see the two of us. You can make your own descriptions of us. But what comes to mind immediately, as you can see, he's taller, thick, tall. Stronger, isn't it? And that, that is what you see, and that is clear. It is? Thank you, Veda, please. I'm here to share with you and assure you and encourage you that God did not say that we shall go through life smoothly. 
But in all our lives on earth and situations, he's always there to help us overcome whatever challenges we may have. How much, how, however they look, however great or insurmountable they may appear. This morning, my message is titled that you are empowered to overcome the storms and challenges of, of this life. It's only one you don't know. It's only when we defy the instructions of God that the problems overtake us and we say there's no God. It is you. That is not what God has said about you. Assuming on a Sunday like this, I was walking by the roadside and I met my brother driving. I stopped the car. There are two things. In my ordinary uniform like this, or maybe something shabby, he might stop the car or look at me and say, forget it, who are you? And when he stops the car and I go closer to him and I say, please, can I see your license? Can you open the booth for me? What will you expect to come from him? Who are you? What authority do you have to stop me and to ask of my license, isn't it? That will even be the best. He may say, fuck you, man. I'm sorry to you this. You may even insult me beyond description because I do not have any authority to ask for this document and inspect his car. And that is the reality. But the following Monday tomorrow, when I meet the same man and I'm wearing my police uniform, I have my cap on, my two, even sometimes one, one what? Uh, how do the corporate, the la, the la, one, just one uh, grade or uh, position. And I stopped this same man. Will he stop or not? And when I asked for the license, will he refuse to give it to me? Yes. What, what, what would be the reason? Why would he now agree to give me the license? Because I have the authority to demand the lines in which he cannot refuse. In much the same way as Christians, we have so much power and authority within us that we haven't exercised. We have succumbed to the wishes and the demands of the devil. And we go back to the back door and cry and weep. When we have everything in us to stop the devil from coming into our territory. We haven't exercised the power we have in us. That is why we are where we are. And where we thought we were exercising that authority and power, we lack so many things within us by way of our lifestyles that are not pleasing to God. And so we don't have the right to challenge the devil because we have dissociated, we have disconnected ourselves from the source of that power, who is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. We will read from Dan chapter 3, verse 15 to 18. Can we have this projected? Daniel chapter 3, verse 15 to 18. And then Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2, and then verse 4. Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, 
zaita, lyre, and harp, pipe, and all kinds of music. If you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Mizak, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. And the verse 17 says, If you are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And if he will deliver us from your and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. And then verse 18 says, Hey, listen, you King Nebuchadnezzar. But even if he does not, even if my God does not deliver me from your hands, we want you to know, you King Nebuchadnezzar, the greatest king on earth then, your majesty, that we will not serve you, your gods, or worship the image of God you have set up. Hallelujah. These boys were under 20 years. This, we are talking about 18 years old people. And they stood before King Nebuchadnezzar to tell him all this. They had this effrontery, somebody called unmitigated effrontery. You have the, the king of all the world that you will not obey my instructions? They said it because they were connected to the source of faith, to the source of power and authority, and they believed in their God that no matter the situation, their God was able to deliver them from the hands of God. And the word didn't say that when God faced, it said, if even my God refuses to deliver us, that's it for a reason. If God even decided not to deliver us from your, your hand, we shall never bow down to something you have made with your hands. What are we doing today? Are we not worshiping things man has made? We call ourselves as living in the postmodernity period. Everything looks new. We go with a new norm. We follow the world order. And that is where we are likely to fall. Because there's nothing absolutely new on this earth. God created the world and everything in them just once. All other things were procreated. They were made by man that God has created already. So if you follow things of the world, you are following things your co-human being has created, has made, produced. Against what the Lord, the owner, the creator, or that person who manufactured and introduced something that you are following. And let us assess ourselves. Who do we have to worship? Who do we have to follow? It may not be a physical idol made of gold, silver, or whatever. But you may, you may be worshiping something you do not know. And that is disconnecting you, detracting you from following the orders of the Lord, the instructions of God. Daniel, Shadrach, Mizdak, Abednego were among the Jews that were captured by King Nebuchadnezzar during a war that God gave their king into the hands of King Nebuchadnezzar. Then King Nebuchadnezzar said, he told some of his commanders, officials, that go to, to the town, to the nation, the Jews, and then bring me those who are intelligent from the royal family, 
from the families of nobility. You know what the devil does? He didn't say, go out there, bring me anybody you meet on the street. King Nebuchadnezzar specified. He wanted people so intelligent, beautiful, uh, handsome guys, knowledgeable, from the royal and the families of nobility. You are a royal vessel here. God doesn't like to, uh, the, the, the devil is not interested in attacking or going to that person who is already in his camp because he has no business. He has warned them already. The devil's target is you, the son and the child of God. He goes out for the best to destroy. And that's where we have the power to stop him as Christians. So these boys were caught. Daniel refused to take the food that was served them. Eventually, God had told them, God had commanded the officers serving them food to have favor and compassion on Daniel. Wherever you find yourself, whatever your situation is, even where there's nobody, the environment will be com commanded to have compassion on you by the creator, our living God. It got to a point, you know the story for the want of time? Daniel was promoted because he was able to interpret a dream King Nebuchadnezzar had had some night before and had commanded his wise men, enchanters, the astrologers, the magicians to interpret to him. And you know, I'm sorry to say how unreasonable it was. I am the king. I had a dream. I couldn't sleep and I have not been sleeping because of the dream. I want you, he called the wise men, the enchanters, the astrologers, to tell him the dream and then interpret the dream. How insane. But yet, they told him, King, tell us the dream, and we shall be able to interpret the dream to you. And he said, are you not listening to me? I said, you tell me the dream, the dream I had, and then interpret it to me as well. And he said, there's no one on earth here who lives among human beings that can do what the king is asking for. Whoever can do this must be a God who doesn't live among humans on earth. So the king was furious. He summoned that all the wise men, the astrologers, be executed, be killed. So when the commander was about to carry the instructions of the king, Daniel got to know. So Daniel asked him, commander, why is it that the king is so furious? And why is he that, in that haste to do what he's about to do? And the commander told him everything about what the, uh, the king is asking for. So Daniel went to the king and told him, please give me some time. I may come back and interpret your dream to you. Daniel went back, told his friends, Shadrach, Mizak, Abednego, hey guys, this is what is before us. We stand being executed. Pray with me and let us see the face of God. They prayed and that night, and that night, God revealed the dream to him and the interpretation of it. It is only when we have gone to the back room to pray to God to ask for solution to our problems that God will reveal what to do and the solution will come. The following day, Daniel went there, told the, the king what he dreamt about and the interpretation of it. Exactly. And the king promoted Daniel. When Daniel was promoted, 
He also requested that his friends, Shadra, Miza, Bed, Nego, were also considered, and they were also promoted as officials in that kingdom, Babylon. I'm drawing your attention here to the fact that this. We were friends, we started together in the community or school, and I had the opportunity because maybe um, I, I furthered my education, I had an opportunity to have an experience somewhere, and now I am higher, I'm able to do many more things than when we play together. And therefore, uh, with my new social position, uh, you guys, when I come to, back to the area, I can be giving you five, ten cities. But to help you, to help you, I've lifted, oh, that is, should be the thing of the background. Because when I do that, you're going to share the glory that I have. You're going to share all the respect with me. And that is the nature of even Christians. When they get to a position, they, they forget about where they started from. So, Shadrach, Mizak, Abednego were promoted as well. And that is why the king, after hearing the interpretation of the dream, caused an image to be built, image of gold, silver, and whenever he decreed, that whenever the image is being taken through, everybody that hears any music, they have the instruments, must bow. And Shadrach, Mizak, Abednego were so convinced and convicted in their faith in God, that they will never bow to anything made of man. In so doing, some of the same wise people in there, among that they were um, with them, Shadrach, Mizak, Abednego were with them, sneak went to the king, the king, may you live long forever. Is it not you who said we should bow to the image whenever it is passing or taking through the streets? But how come that three, these three boys have refused sins to bow down to it? The king heard it and he called these boys. When they came before the king, the king asked them that, uh, let's just take it, that I haven't heard anything. Now the image is passing. Will you bow down to it? And they said all that we have heard. That our Lord is able to save us from your hands. And even if God refuses, or even if God does not save us from your hands, we shall never bow down to you, an 18-year-old boy standing before the king of the world and standing on his face and believing God and challenging the king of the world. We have the authority to challenge the authorities in the world. We have only not exercised it. That is why we remain where we remain, where we are. And the kings, the king Nebuchadnezzar, Says, so is that how insolent you are, standing before me and defying my orders? Then he calls his commanders, the army, to increase the, 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 the fire, the heat of the furnace by seven times. That is to say, in that enclosed place, if you are using a gas cylinder of this size, then multiply it by seven. Add six more and let it all burn. Heat the place to the extent that it is seven times hotter than it was, and that was done. So he had them tied up and thrown into the furnace. And we read that the army officials that threw Shadrach, Mizar, Abednego into the fire themselves got burned by the fire and they died. And let us read Isaiah 43. Verse 2, please project it for me. 
When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, cash and silver in your stead. Verse 4 and the last. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you and nations in exchange for your life. And that is exactly what happened. The devil designed that Shadrach, Mizak, Abednego must die in the fire. But because, because of their lives, the soldiers rather die outside the furnace. And that is what you are. And that is who you are. Instead of you, somebody else may have to go through the trouble. You only don't believe it. And then they threw these people into the burning furnace. And can they look at them hear something? These four, three boys, he saw something like the Son of Man. That was Jesus. It was revealed to King Nebuchadnezzar that the fourth person is not an ordinary human being. Because the guy was singing, he's able to deliver. He's able to deliver my man. The message read that when you walk through waters, I will be with you. And when you walk through the rivers, the rivers shall not sweep. The water, if the message has said when you pass through water and you know you are going to face, you may be going through just one problem or one challenging situation. But the Bible tells us waters. And you know what the water do? Why do we have water and then the rivers? The water is somehow so gentle, so kind. And it will start climbing from your feet, building up up to your neck and trying to overtake you gradually. But the river flows with storm, with power, and it can sweep over you in a moment. And that one is also rivers. You may have one problem upon the other, or you may have one problem, and just as you thought, you were over that problem and everything was okay. Two, three, four years time, you face another problem. And that is what the Bible tells us here. But God has said, when we walk through the water and the fire and the rivers, he didn't say, God has the capability, the power to stop the water. He can call the water to dry and not to try to come up. He can call the river to dry and not to sweep over people. But he said, you will have to be in the water, but I will be with you. And the water cannot overtake you. The river cannot sweep over you. The fire cannot burn you even though you are thrown into that furnace of fire that nobody, no creature can withstand. That is the comforting encouragement we have from the maker. And that is true. It was true before the ages. It is true in our time. And it will be true forever till Jesus comes again. Hallelujah. And so Nebuchadnezzar saw her. I saw three people, they are now four, and the fourth one looks like the Son of God. Hallelujah. When you, are in, you have a problem anywhere, when you are walking, 
Remember, you are not alone. You have a second person by you. You only cannot see him. But God has provided you that second person, and that second person is the angel sent by God to defend you, to save you from any situation that you thought it was going to be impossible. That is why sometimes before sick, and you thought that you are not going to make it to survive it, because somebody had just a headache, and two, three days he was gone. Yours was serious, more serious than that one, but you still live. He was there by your side. It's not the medicine that you were administered with. It's not the drug that you took. But that saving hand of God was by your side. So when you were on the bed, when you were at home crying, he knew it and he has sent the angel to come and comfort you. You only did not see him. It doesn't mean he wasn't there. But God revealed the fourth person to King Nebuchadnezzar and the king saw that the fourth one is like the son of man. And so he called him Shadrach. Mr. Bednagh, are you there? Please come out. They came out. And he had called all his officials around. And the guys came. Uh, the, the, the rope wasn't anymore. And now not even their hair was touched, was scorched. And you know what he said? Hey, you, my, uh, how do you call it, chief of staff, my general army commander, send this message to the world that from today, whoever says anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego must be chopped into pieces and his house be broken down forever. That man who had set up this image and called the whole nation to worship is now saying, forget about that image. I built it with so much gold, silver, it is no more valuable. It's no more able to save than the God of these boys that I have seen today. It is your situation that is going to compel somebody to come to know God. So he promoted Shadrach, Mizak, and Abednego. We want to learn, we learn some lessons from this message. One, Shadrach, Mizak, Abednego were so unshakable in their faith and believe in God. At 18 years, we may have just maybe three, four, one, two, 18 year old here amongst us. But they were just 18 and they were able to stand this challenge, this storm in their life. They had the faith that no matter what God was capable of delivering them, the same faith that Abraham had, that was accredited to him as righteous. Abraham had been promised that he would be the father of nations. 25 years later, he has not, still not given birth to any boy or girl. And yet he believed that he was going to be the father of nations. How can you be a father when you don't have an offspring. But Abraham believed in his God, and that is exactly what came to pass. I'm here to assure you that whatever it is that is designed for you shall surely come to pass. But we will learn why sometimes we have prayed so long and we don't see what we want to see, what we have asked God to do. 
And that was taken from uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 21, 23. Can you project Romans 4, 21, 23? Romans chapter 4. Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Yes, 22. This is why it was credited to him as righteous. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. So do you see, we have the opportunity to also be called righteous. If you have that faith like Abraham, even in our time, and believe that God can still do what we ask him for. And we don't miss our lives with things that are uh, appalling before God. We also learn that there will be pressure in our lives. No matter how faithful, how convicted you are in, the, in your faith of, to God, you will still have challenges and there will still be pressure. In our times, sometimes some of the pressures are self-inflicted. Because of our physiological needs, we want to have this shoe, this shirt, that dress, that little set, that we, we, we just call invite pressure onto ourselves needlessly. But sometimes the pressure comes from the family, the workplace the community, the society. And therefore, you are forced. If you don't have your, you, you are not that strong in your faith in God, you will be tempted by that pressure to do things against the wish of God. So there will be pressure. Whether you are too faithful or you, you, you are too convicted that uh, God is your God. We also learn, the third one is, there is always promise in the fire. And that is what we read from Isaiah 43 too. God could have averted the king sending them into the fire. God could have prevented the king from doing so. It is just something simple for God. But God wanted them to go into the fire. And the boy believed that even if they go into the fire, they were going to come out. They were so convinced. So we shall go into fire because of the problems we have. You've been sacked from your office. Your rent is just one month to expire. Your mother and brothers are sick. There are so many series of problems and challenges. Some of it demand that you have some money to solve them. You've been sacked and without any compensation. Where do you go get this funding, this financial support? And if you're a woman, girl, boy, you'll be tempted to go for the money anyhow. And that is why I'm here to, uh, to, to tell you that do not defy the words of God, the instructions of God. He has a solution for you in that fire. If you only you can wait a little while, he was going to promote you. After the fire, he's not only going to give you the job or solve that problem. God will heal that mother, your mother who is sick, 
your brother who is in that difficulty and he was going to find a new job for you that was going to pay three, four times what you were receiving. God is capable. The evidences are there. And there is protection in the fire. Daniel 3, 24 to 27. The chains that they were tied with got broken. And then there was the fourth person to protect them. He will walk with you in the fire. And God exactly walked with them in the fire. You see, uh, if we, we do things the way the world does its own thing, we will not be able to bring the world to Christ. It's one good lesson we must learn from here. If Shadrach means that Gabednego has, has succumbed to the, the demand of the king and then bowed to worship the idol, they will have defied their God and they were not able to bring the whole nation to Christ. But because they defied by the faith they had in God, the whole king Nebuchadnezzar himself said, from today, it's not only the people in that courtyard, but all the nations in Babylon, everybody was going to honor and serve God. God was going to use your testimony to bring the next person to this church. And that is possible. And one gratifying thing here is promotion after the fire. The fire could not burn them, not even a single hair. They closed. And after that ordeal, that expected ordeal, the king said, you guys, I have now promoted you. God is going to put you on a better pedestal after your challenges. And why do we not see all this after praying four or five years over the same problem? And this is how it is. You and I, you are never a barren. And you will not be a barren if you want a baby. You have prayed. You might have prayed for one, two, three, four years. We had a friend. We have a friend. They married 15 years. There was no baby. They tried this I, artificial insemination stuff here in Ghana. It didn't work two times. They had to travel to America. And we told them, we're always praying with them. That band, they had to do away with all other friends. Because they attend functions together, and the friends will say, oh, but you and, as for you guys, you are just brother and sister, because he's not seeing any offspring. The people you think are your friends may be some of the source and cause of your problem. We pray with them, they were here just last two weeks. They came from America to visit us with a newborn, seven-month-old baby boy. There was no artificial thing involved. There was no nothing. We kept praying with them. The band. God will do 15 years. Young guys, 15 years. Yes, you are growing. But age is just a number. And your 15 years of waiting might be just a half day before God. And that is what the Bible tells us.
Thank you. You may be in financial ruin. You try to build and it collapses. You want to save and there's no way because the problems keep mounting. You look back and say, I've worked for five, ten years. I don't have 2,000 or 10,000 cities in my, in my account. My problems, my problems are more than my financial streams and sources can accommodate. The difference here is this. You want that baby. And God did not say you, sh- you, you will not give birth to a baby. Because God had promised that Abraham will be the father of nations and you shall multiply on earth. So how were you, how was God going to expect that married woman not to give birth and that still expect that there will be children to fill the ends of the world? I'm here to assure you that your time is not God's side. Forget about your age. I have seen a 51-year-old woman deliver in Takrade and there are many more such testimonies and cases around us. And if you have prayed for so many years, and that baby is not coming. Sometimes go back to your room. Do the checks. For maybe uh, while you pray for it, um, there's something that that baby God has destined to come to you is not willing to come through that womb or that person because I don't want to come from that woman who gossips so much. That woman who is so arrogant and who, who is so has a penchant to do this, I don't like. Mend your ways with God and God will have a second look at you and you shall deliver. You want a boy, you want a a husband or a wife, but then you have your own specifications. I want that guy who is thick tall. In the case I heard, the woman said he wants somebody who puts on ring and chains here. Should this be a stumbling block to your marriage? And because of that, she was 45 years and no man was coming. Scale down on your expectations. Do what God has said you should do, and God will never disappoint you. Hallelujah. I have this one story to tell you. No matter the situation, listen to this story of the donkey. I like it so much. The donkey was, a farmer had a, a pen, a cage of donkeys, and there were other donkeys, the stray ones. They had no owner. They go about and fend for themselves. One day they approached the cage donkeys and told them, you guys, why are you enclosed? Why is your freedom so restricted? Look at us. We go to the field, select from the weeds and the leaves that we want. At any time that we want. We sleep at our own time. Why do you subject yourself to these frustrations? Come on, let's go enjoy the world. One of the donkeys in the cage found a way and sneaked and joined them. And on that field, there have been worse dogs from years ago and not covered. The water wasn't coming anymore and the worse were not covered. And these donkeys, the stray ones, they knew the terrain. So they would never go near that old well, abandoned well. The devil that entices you, your friend that tells you, guy, let's do this, let's try this, better know the outcome. He knows that he was taking you to a rough place. The devil was there before you. If he told you guys, oh, you, your boyfriend, do you go and sleep at you? You go and sleep there. It is, I mean, you enjoy life than this Pentecost thing. After all, everybody is not a perfect person. Do not follow such a person. She, he was lucky and did not get any trouble. 
But you go out there and you will fall into that pit. But I'm telling you today, God is so ready to save you from that pit. The donkey was shouting if he had fallen into the pit. The friends that he thought he had all ran away. The donkey was shouting, somebody come save me. Somebody come save me. He saw two, three people come. He looked up and saw them. The people went back again and he started crying so loud. And the people came back. When he saw them the second time, he thought his seven hands had come. Not knowing they had gone to pick shovels and pick asses to bury it alive. Because the noise from the down bottom there was disturbing them. So they, they decided to bury the donkey alive. The donkey saw them and it was quiet. And then they started throwing the, uh, the stone-filled dust and sand onto it down there. So the sand and stones and gravels in them will hit the donkey so hard from up there. And it was crying. Please stop. Please don't bury me alive. Please, you can save me. They never gave me any, any, any back. And then something came to his mind, his mind and said, you, you can take advantage of the opportunity of this sun coming because this sun is intended to cover you. So take advantage of that, however painful, and that will be your rescue opportunity. So as the sun hit it with the stones, it will shake it, and then the sun will fall, and it will step on it. The sun and the sun will hit it, he will shake it off, and then stand on it. Until the time the heap of sun up there got finished, they realized the people were busy throwing the sun and the stone, knowing that they were burying it alive. But then as it was shaking it off and climbing on it, it was coming out of the way eventually. So they realized to their dismay that how come this guy, this, this donkey was not shouting anymore? But we thought he had died, but we wanted to go cover the, the, the way so that we don't experience this case again. You have to keep quiet in a situation like this. When you have the challenge, don't shout, don't tell many people. Go down, feel the pain, cry to your Lord, and the Lord shall surely bring a solution. When they realized the donkey was up, just at the same level with them, and it was about, it was free to go. God has a plan for you. And that plan is, 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 is so good, you only have to follow the precepts of God. Don't do what God says you shouldn't do. Sometimes we're taking our own specifications of Christianity. We're taking, we've created our own narrative of what it takes to worship God. With some adulterated messages that one say forever say. And that is not true. I have friends with MBA stuff believing in this, sorry to say, rubbish. That you raise your hands and God save you, and that forever, even if you, what you are doing, you are still doing it today, you are saying because you God saved first time, I can go out for naked gossip, do all that the Bible says I shouldn't do, and I'm still saved. If you believe in that, you are wrong. Thank you so much. May glory be unto God for this message. Amen. <laughs>